The hunt has gone through various stages since its beginning in the early 1990s. It had its origin in a practice dear to the human heart, the righting of wrongs by violent means. Back in those early days, everyone wanted to be a hunter. No one wanted to be a victim. The peculiar social and psychological rewards of victim status were discovered only later, in an intermediate period, when the hunt was set up on the basis of random selection and computerized pairing of hunters and victims. Back then, due to the scarcity of volunteer victims, the hunt organization selected its first victims from those groups that engaged in violence on a regular and habitual basis. These people were, for the most part, death squad participants and terrorists of all political persuasions. They were the aggressors who never seemed to get aggressed upon. Therefore, the Hunt Commission thought it appropriate that they should be chosen as victims, without, however, the later-day formality of advance warning. This went against the Hunt ethic. But the organization had to produce motivated killers very much against its own aesthetic in order to find people who would proceed with killing. The hunters back then were what we would call motivated killers. In those days, there was very little understanding of the purity of the hunt, its austere ethic. It would need a later age to perceive in the hunt the ultimate art form and to refine the rules so that personal motives could play no part. Today, we can recognize a spiritual quest for what it is. We recognize the dawn of the modern consciousness, the search for the ultimate purity, the conscious acceptance of our place in the great turning wheel of things by consciously going forth to kill or be killed. Even in those early days, much of our present-day hunt structure was already in place. The awarding of bonus money, for example, from funds put up by rich liberals, and the use of spotters to help a hunter or victim locate their aggressor. The hunt committee tried to maintain some degree of impartiality, even in those early days of righteous killings. What was apparent even then was the hunt's long-range goal, to convert mankind from its addiction to war by giving it instead the individual two-person death duel as a panacea for all its woes. Today, war is as unthinkable as the institution of the hunt was in the 1990s. In the hunt's intermediate stage, during the brief hectic flourishing of Esmeralda, the new rules had just come into being, but they were still flexible. Perhaps some ambiguity was necessary. The hunt was not yet universal. It was legal only in a single island republic, Esmeralda in the Caribbean where it was not only the national pastime, but also provided most of the income. This income came from tourists, who flocked to the island from all over the world, some to hunt, others to watch the various contests around them. All took vicarious pleasure in the death of others, and an international audience could watch the infamous games with their shocking big payoff. Watch and enjoy. Hunters in the earliest days had to contend with a population not yet completely in favor of the hunt. Although most people found it attractive to one degree or another, the various forces of law and order disapproved and were constantly on the lookout for participants. The police back then tended to treat a hunter much like any other common criminal. 
After many centuries, we have rediscovered nature's way of keeping populations in hand. Nature does it the old-fashioned way, by killing people. So much of the literature in the 20th and 21st centuries had to do with lonely people growing older and eking out their miserable, solitary existences. That would be unthinkable nowadays. The level of the hunt has risen to such an extent that old people don't last long. They don't have the speed or agility to scramble away from the gunfire which fills our streets as rain once did. Children, conversely, show themselves to be extremely adroit at staying out of the line of fire. Nobody says any longer, when will the killing stop? Now we know that the killing will stop only when life itself stops.